Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey. We want to welcome back Althea Lawton Thompson back to our girlfriend conversation. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, we're not doing the bio. But I wanted to go ahead and say Althea is our resident medicine woman because we just added that from last episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. If you had said that two years ago, I'd be like, who? No, you got that wrong. <laughs> but now I'm a medicine woman. I'm so excited. I yeah. am too. I'm excited that you are too, because I, every time I have something that comes up, I'm like, girl, what's up? And she always answers. She always has an answer for me. So yeah, plants are medicine for I real, just, for real. And I like having a flex. I have like having the flex saying, "Yes, I know a medicine woman." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll be like, "Who is she? Can you tell me? I want to talk to her." It's you, oh, it's me. It's okay. you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh my goodness. Well, last week we we're talking about our personal perspectives with plant medicine, specifically ayahuasca is what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm jumping right in because there's a lot to be said. (laughs) Okay. And we were so fortunate to have a journey in ayahuasca together. Mm -hmm. So we're going to really delve into that because I know for people who have an interest in it, they want to know like the real, you know, like the real, real. And a lot of times, I don't know about y'all, but occasionally when I can get into Netflix, (laughs) I will watch things, you know, and they have episodes about ayahuasca, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't have episodes with Black people. Right. We're not represented in a lot of those that I see on Netflix. And it makes me feel kind of like, well, is it something that Black people even do? You know what I mean? And I know it has to be because it's more of a tribal medicine. These are tribal Mm -hmm. medicines. Mm -hmm. And so it was really great for me to know that Althea was someone who had experienced these things. And Mm -hmm. I was so excited to be able to experience the medicine with another woman of color. So I just wanted to start off there because I know there are probably a lot of people who are just like, what's going on? What's happening? And there's, there's quite a few people of color all around the world experiencing the journey of ayahuasca and all entheogens. And on the last episode that we did together, we talked about entheogens being any um, medicine that comes from an animal or a plant that creates a psychoactive healing experience, either physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. So I just wanted to make sure I preface that before I use the term entheogens again, all around the world. And like people, you know, that that's the thing. I think in our community, we tend to keep it a little bit more of a secret mm-hmm. because it is not very widely accepted in the African-American community or in the Afro-Caribbean community. So I think if there are a group of five of us, there's probably two that have done it. Really? And they just aren't talking about it. I think so. Maybe it's just the circles that now I'm running in because Mm -hmm. you'll also find, you know, once you start doing this stuff and healing in a certain way, some of the people you used to hang out with, you're spending a little less time with them. Mm -hmm. And the things that you talk about, it changes the things that are important to you. 
get altered. And I think that's a perfect segue into what have been your experiences, Twanda and Rumel, since we've had a chance to sit together um, a couple of times now. That's that's the powerful thing. But let's start from the beginning. You guys go, go, go. Well, I want, well, Twanda, do you want to go first since you, okay, go ahead. That'd be perfectly fine since Ramel doesn't want to go first is what I heard, but no, this is good. (laughs) This is perfectly fine. I was the person who wanted to know what is about to happen. This has never happened before. What does a ceremony look like? And yeah, I know what the ceremonies that I'm familiar with, but for my ceremony, I was completely enthralled with the fact that the music moves the medicine. So mm-hmm. in our, our process while sitting in ceremony, after ingesting the, the tea, the music that the, the shaman uh, would play or would sing mm-hmm. or would mm-hmm. chant, it's all of that and how it moved the medicine in me was, you know, for me, I, I think the very first time I did this, it, I just had to sit and go, look at what's happening. Oh my gosh, he sings fast. And then I feel like I got to, you know, purge right, right this moment, you know, just because mm-hmm. the, I feel like it it was demonstrating that when we're at a certain point, I've had a chance to marinate on some of the, the images and the thoughts and the ideas that are popping into my head. And then it feels like, okay, now it's time to purge this, this stuff that you've been dealing with, it's time to let it go and release. Right. But there are no necessarily words spoken to that. It's all like a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a knowing. And it's the music that is is ramping up and, and pulling it from me. And it wasn't just me because I saw other people purging it about the same time Absolutely. that I was. Absolutely. And I was enthralled and amazed just at that, that you didn't have to tell me. They didn't tell me in the beginning the music's going to move the medicine. I figured it out <laughs> all on my own. <laughs> and it was like, and to me, that was magical. I was like, wow, I, I didn't know what to expect. And that was something that was amazing. Now, I know that brings up the purging part. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about that real quick. And then you can jump in if you if you'd like. I did say it brought up the purging and I'm over here amazed and all. And nobody usually is amazed about throwing up. I get that. But it wasn't about throwing up. It was about releasing what you don't need anymore. So in the moment, I wanted that out of my body. You know, well, first of all, whenever you feel sick and you feel nauseous, you know you'll feel better if you just get it out. It was a lot Mm -hmm. of that feeling specifically. It was Mm -hmm. like, I'm ready to get this out. And I know I didn't eat that much the day before. So where is all this coming from? But it felt like it found stuff that needed to get out of me that I didn't even know existed. It went deep into my body and found stuff to pull out of me and it felt better. And I was like, yes, get it out, get it out. The shaman would say, as people were purging, he'd say, limpia, 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 which means clean, clean out, clean, clean. And and it made sense. It wasn't just, oh, you're sick, girl. You got, you know, you got issues. It was, no, you're, you're getting cleaned. You're here for a mm-hmm. medicinal, you are, you're becoming more healthy. And that to me, I didn't, I could not have been able to expect that. I wouldn't have known that that is the way that part would happen. I appreciated that experience and I felt like I needed it. So I never thought I'd say that, but that's, that's, that's the truth. And that's powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah. 
sometimes the shaman would make sounds of animals, maybe these animals that <laughs> are um, indigenous, <laughs> you know, that are right there um, yeah. in, from, from Brazil the and from the jungle. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would hear that. I even heard growls like, okay, is that a tiger? I mean, like I'm hearing some things. I was closing my eyes most and of the time. you can't tell where the sound is coming from. It might sound like it's right there in front of you. And then you open your eyes and there's nothing and no one there. So okay. like everything that, is distorted. It is. Yeah. I You nailed it. I mean, like when um, there would be shakers, so you'd hear the shake, 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 or even the growls or just the music. I can't tell where it's coming from. I opened my eyes. I, I know it's right at my ear. There's right. Somebody's behind me. There's a wall behind me. Uh, you know, it's like there's nothing behind me. Exactly. But yeah. it felt like the, the medicine is, you know, changing how I I relate to things, how I perceive. Well, because space and time are not real. They're constructs of our imagination. And what the medicine is doing is breaking down your concept of reality because Mm -hmm. it's not really real. Hence all the movies that we see like Limitless and that one with Leonardo DiCaprio where the world turning upside down. Mm -hmm. I forgot what that one was called. But, but that's what happens in the medicine. It takes away your limitations so that you can go beyond, hence limitless, mm-hmm. where you put yourself. Because it's our own conditioning that limits us to what we can do, think, see, be, hear, feel, taste, right? right. And then the medicine, it, it just stops all of that. It removes all of it. So you can just go out there. And I want to say something about the music. I'm really glad you mentioned that, Tawanda. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to understand the concept of music moving the medicine, but it is absolutely true. And the music is sung in different languages. So you'll have some songs that are in Portuguese Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, maybe the shaman is from Brazil Mm -hmm. or they learned how to lead ceremony with a tribe or tribes from the Brazil area. Some of them are in Spanish because a lot of ceremonies are held in Peru. Some of them are in indigenous languages. The Shibipo tribe is a very popular tribe for serving ayahuasca medicine in a part of Peru. What I found fascinating is in the last ceremony that I co-facilitated with the shaman I work with in Peru, there was a period where we were at the end of our third night of doing medicine. He had been playing instruments. He'd been singing. He'd been making the noises of the animals of the jungle. And everyone was spent. They were laying on their mattresses. They were quiet. They were still I was going around and touching each person and asking them how they were feeling. And one lady said to me, I only have 2% left and I'm saving it to get back to my room. And I said, okay. And then the spirit told me to play Bill Withers' Lovely Day. Lovely Day is a song in English that everybody in that room knew. And when they started to hear the chorus, they began to sing it too, because the song means something to them. Mm-hmm. The English words, they understand them. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely day. They were singing the lyrics. Suddenly, the person who only had 2% of energy is sitting up on her mattress, <laughs> and moving her shoulders in rhythm. 
The next song that we played was Sam Cooke. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the song, but it was something about community. And the next thing we knew, and I had to videotape this, everyone was standing up and hugging each other and starting to dance. The next song we played was Kirk Franklin's Stomp. Everybody was running around stomping and (laughs) you're going to stomp. I was like, I could swear that 10 minutes ago, these people had no energy and they were spent. And the the point of what I'm saying is the music does Mm. not have to be indigenous to the people who make the medicine. Mm -hmm. The music has to move the music or the medicine in any way that the person can receive it. Mm-hmm. And we were playing songs that were positive, energetic, mm-hmm. loving, connecting, and it was moving the people even after the ceremony was over. Nice. Well, I will Powerful. say, I when I was, it is. I mean, I love that. I think that the music moving the medicine. I don't think I had a clear understanding of what that meant until mm-hmm. until you were <laughs> until, and. Um, so for myself, oh my my first journey was so physically taxing on mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to explain it because I was physically there in the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I was apparently working on different things um in a different realm. I don't remember I have vivid memories of actually physically being in the room and responding to things like when the shaman crawled up onto my mat (laughs) acting like a panther or being a panther i mean because like for i can't even express to anyone else how much i laughed at that i'm sorry (laughs) yeah like People typically don't like laugh at other people during ceremony. I'm yes, pretty they sure. do. Do okay. they really? Yes, they well, do. This it is, is the a only... whole journey with the people who are in the room and nobody else knows except the people that are in, in your ceremony. You can try to tell someone else, but those people are your family for life. For We've life. been laughing at each other for years to come. Remember that We're... time you did this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, well, oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Because I literally, I I was feeling like there was a literal panther, cougar, whatever, on mm-hmm. my mat with me. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that I couldn't move one inch to get away from this thing. So my response <laughs> was, oh, Jesus. And, and then Twanda, my other friend, on the other side of the room, because we can't be anywhere near each other. No. And I hear the two of them cracking up at me. And I was <laughs> thankful for it, actually, because it, it brought me. moment. Yeah. But it also brought me back to, like, you're fine, girl. You're in a room with your friends who are over there laughing their asses <laughs> off at me. So I was thankful for that. But um, I, you know, a lot of people seem or speak of visuals that they get when they're in ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Um I don't have a lot of visuals um, as I'm going, as I have gone through ayahuasca. And I had to come to an understanding that I got a lot of knowings Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a lot of 
visuals. I did, but they weren't the kind that I hear others speak of. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I did it, the fact that I didn't have that same experience that a lot of other people did. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was so disappointed. I was like, I did it wrong. (laughs) You know, I like, I am broken. I did it wrong. And it took getting out of ceremony and walking away from ceremony Mm -hmm. for me to understand what I got out of ceremony. Yes. It didn't come to me. The, I know I did a lot of work in ceremony, but I didn't, it's kind of like when you're comparing what your baby does to your, you know, your friend's baby, like, oh, my baby crawled today. You know, I wanted my baby to crawl and I wasn't (laughs) seeing my baby crawl, right? No, I I have to jump in here because um, Rumel is talking about what she was feeling inside. And then here we are on the outside. Let me tell you what Rumel did do. Oh, if thank you. Thank you so much. Because thank you. this is just this the weirdest thing. Um, you know, your perception is is not everyone else's perception of what happens. And that's the right. cool thing of being a facilitator. Um Rumel, since we were talking about medicine and music and their relationship, we gave her a rattle. The shaman oh, handed her a about rattle. About yeah. yeah. <laughs> And of course you forgot about it because you yeah. focus in on what you didn't do. But I know, you, exactly. You do. Uh-huh. She was in complete rhythm. And some of the songs, I mean, they are fast. They're rhythmic. They're, uh, uh, cha, uh, cha, uh, cha, uh, uh. <laughs> she was there with that rattle, y'all. And then she started to sing. She did. You're sing it, girl. In English, we are not singing. And I don't know the words. Rumel was over there in the corner. <laughs> it was like, here we go, yeah. y'all. We are on the roller coaster. We are yeah. in this medicine. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing. Like, you know, you have these ideas of what it's supposed to be and what it's mm-hmm. supposed to look like because mm-hmm. somebody said this, you have no idea what your journey will be. All you can do is buckle up and ride that's right. yeah. and wait to see what will happen. Yeah. And anything that happens, be grateful and roll with it because it's powerful for you. It's what's mm-hmm. meant for you. Everyone else's experience is what's meant for them. We're all unique. We've had unique experiences in our past. And then we process spiritually things differently. Mm-hmm. Some of us are really strong in hearing in a spiritual sense. We're clear audience. Therefore, rhythm and music and things like that are going to do something to us where other people are clairvoyant and they have that gift of sight and they're going to be seeing the cosmos and beyond in their mm-hmm. journey. Other people are claircognizant and they just know things. And in their mind, it's just going beyond anything that they've ever known before in all the years that they've been on this physical mm-hmm. earth. And so I think if we get away from the expectations and comparison, easier said than done, mm-hmm. but I need to repeat if we can get away from our expectations and our comparison, well, we really appreciate what actually happens because mm-hmm. that is what's meant for each one of us. I wrote down after the uh, that ceremony what the shaman said. He said, don't focus as much on what happened. Focus on what changed. And he Mm. was speaking of that integration that happens after you've seen whatever you see, you experience whatever you experience, feel whatever you feel. And then 
you know, have that whole ceremony experience and then go back in life and process and see what has changed that's about right. your that's life. Right. And so that's the, I think, where Ramel's experience and expectations, I get it. I had similar change, you know, I expected something that didn't happen, but something else happened. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all about, it's all, the experience doesn't end in the ceremony. That was, that's, that the was, beginning. that's the beginning. And that, that's what I came to understand after going into ceremony the first time with you guys is that, oh, I was, I mean, I was upset. I was crying. I wasn't like, <laughs> I was, I just literally thought I was broken. Like, why can't after you get this all right? That we saw, she was over there, y'all, like leading the band. What she was. I <laughs> could not see her well. They did that on purpose. They didn't want me to be able that's to right. see we her well because I knew. Away. Right. We too close. We knew each other. And I heard a beautiful song being sung. So I'm looking up and I see the shaman. I see the medicine woman. I see the now other medicine woman and they don't appear to be singing. So I'm like, maybe they can have music playing. Like I didn't register because first of all, my friend does not sing in public often. Like that is not a thing she does. I have to beg her. Can you (laughs) sing me something? And I never usually tend to get anything. Like She just doesn't do it. So surely that's not, it didn't even cross my mind that Ramel would be singing because she doesn't do that. Plus she doesn't sing that high either. So I'm like, I don't, I so when they told me that sound, that noise, that that beautiful song was well, it's like and the rhythms. I mean, not everybody can sing and hold the percussion. You know, that's a thing for for people that are artists out here. They know what I'm talking about. Not everyone can sing, hold their note, change their harmony and keep the rhythm with the drum. You know, it's like trying to pat your head and rub your stomach at the same time. Everybody didn't get handed a shaker either. I believe she was the only, I don't, she, I, but I know everybody didn't get one. So I'm like, why does she get a shaker? And because then I forgot the about it. the shaman knows. That's the shaman right, yeah. can feel the energy and it knows who needs to move their medicine mm-hmm. externally, like get it out. Because that mm-hmm. also is a form of purging and releasing mm-hmm. the singing, yeah. laughing, coughing, sneezing, hard yawning. It's, I did that. It's like a yawn, but it's not a yawn. It's bigger and it's longer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. like it goes on and on and on with the sound. That's a purge. Mm-hmm. Um, burping, like mm-hmm. constant burping, uh, passing gas. I know we consider that to be rude, but that's very normal as a form of release in the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- shivering and shaking. Oh, uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a form of uh, releasing or channeling many times in the medicine you'll channel. And so part of Rumel's singing and playing the instrument was channeling yeah. energies and yeah. beings that could either be from where the plant is from, where the shaman is from, where the music is from, mm-hmm. or even in her line and her lineage of mothers of mothers of mothers. So you you just don't know what's going to happen. You you don't. And I was too close to that. I like, I don't know. Like I knew that I did these things, right? Because actually, like when I was singing, I heard go higher, do this, do this. So in some respects, I was in control of my own body. But yet, um, if I had had my druthers, like my normal day-to-day <laughs> druthers, I would have been like, no, I'll sit over here and I won't sing. But so I knew that I was being moved to do 
to do these things. So I was aware and not aware at the same time, if, if you mm, can understand that. So powerful. But it took me getting away from the ceremony to really take in the lessons that I think I was learning um, in the background where I was picking up knowings, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Right. And um, it changed my relationship with my my husband. Mm. It changed my the way I related to other people. Mm-hmm. I have a better sense of the fact that we are all one, that mm. oneness. Yes. I had always heard it and I think I had always believed it, but it wasn't until I took the medicine and it wasn't that I actually felt it. Mm-hmm. I felt it. And I feel like the, especially the people that you have, that you sit in medicine with, oh my goodness, it's like you become this sisterhood, this clan, this um, family, this tribe that is unbreakable because you've been through something together, A, but then you also know that we are truly all one. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so that was that was amazing, but it was like, weeks and weeks after having ayahuasca that I truly felt that I was still in medicine in a way. Yeah. Wow. When we talk about still being in medicine, just for the people who are listening, I want to um, break some things down about the physical piece of it. Prior to coming to an ayahuasca ceremony, there is a way that you should eat. And for anyone that's vegan, you're probably already eating that way. Mm -hmm. And it does not necessarily have to be a vegetarian diet Mm -hmm. because poultry is fine. Chicken and turkey, Um, even some fish, certain types of fish is okay. Probably not bottom feeders like catfish, but, you know, like salmon and tuna and some of those heartier fish, they're okay as well. But you should be kind of cleansing your system of fried foods, processed foods, pork and beef for sure, dairy products, and really ingesting as much plants as you can, fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. um, in as, as close to a natural state as possible. Not all raw vegetables are good because that can actually cause some discomfort when regurgitating. So not like raw broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, but lightly steamed things that are soft. Mm-hmm. So when they come out, they come out soft but they also have really strong medicinal properties and they relate to the plant. But here's the thing that's interesting, staying away from spices that are also plants is sometimes recommended. Garlic, onion, you don't wanna be ingesting that right before ayahuasca. They're strong plants in their own right. And sometimes they just butt heads a little bit in the ceremony. But then not only are you kind of... um, paying attention to what you're eating, you're paying attention to how much. So Mm -hmm. intermittent fasting becomes a thing, Uh, drinking a lot of water Mm -hmm. and maybe um, fruit smoothies and natural juices would be a thing, adding wheatgrass, stuff that's, that's natural and healthy and gives you energy, but less of it because really we don't need as much food as we eat anyway. It's Mm -hmm. that's a lot of conditioning, but then not just food, you need to be thinking about like um, weaning from toxic people. That's that's the news for me. And you notice I stopped there because mm-hmm. that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel obligated to pick up the phone for a family member sometimes that is toxic for us. It doesn't matter that they're a blood relative, a parent, a sibling, 
you need to limit as much as you can that vibration um, that is a lower, challenging, painful vibration for you as you come into the medicine to open you up. And if you can't, the medicine's going to deal with that. And that's part of what that purging is. You know, it's not always purging like Ramel and Twanda both said food. It's, it's purging your relationship to people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's uh, in preparation, staying out of environments and habits, environments and habits. There are things that some of us turn to, to help us deal with our situations, video games. Mm -hmm. Some people may be addicted to video games, smoking, cigarettes or marijuana. Mm -hmm. You know, they might be, you know, that that's just their go-to thing to help them cope their coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. You want to be aware of those things and begin to limit them to push you out of your comfort zone and preparation for the journey of ayahuasca. That's preparation. And then Rumel talked about the integration afterwards. Your ceremony is your ceremony, but the work happens when you come back to real life. Mm -hmm. The people you live in your home with, the people you talk to every day, the people that you work with, that relationship is going to be altered. There's no way to come back the same as you were. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you didn't throw up during ceremony. It doesn't matter if you didn't see stars and bumblebees. It didn't matter if you didn't sing to the whole room and play a rattle. When you come back, something is going to shift. There's no way around it. And it is recommended that you stay in touch with one of the facilitators that led your ceremony as a form of integration. We call that integration, Mm -hmm. post-ceremony integration, or at least be working with a therapist that is familiar with plant medicine and not one who's just familiar with it, preferably a therapist who has experienced it and journeyed Mm -hmm. so that they can help to counsel you on um, your next steps and doing some of that healing work with the people, the habits, the places, Mm -hmm. the food, because all of that, you're going to need support. Yeah. I think that's really, really important is have it support and, um, Someone you can talk to about it because things happen so quickly. So um, they happen so quickly. And at the very least, you have to have somebody who understands what the process has been. I, I, I think it's invaluable. I know it changed everything about like my work relationships, my um, home relationships, um, really. I mean, just getting to know people off the street. I treat people differently. Mm-hmm. And I was, I thought I was a, I think, I think in general, I'm a kind person, but I treat people, I think with a lot more empathy mm-hmm. than I did before, like right off the bat. Um, and it tra- it's translated into just having, I think a better relationship with people overall. And I like that. It feels much better, feels much better. I think that's related to that feeling of we're all one, which Mm -hmm. you said earlier, you Mm -hmm. know, everyone in this room, I'm one with them. And you use the term sisterhood at one point, but I just want everyone to know there were men in that room Mm -hmm. as well. And, Mm -hmm. and we really do feel as one, the feminine and masculine energies merge, they play with each other, you know? Some of the songs have a masculine energy and some of the songs have a feminine energy. And so we're not talking about a physical man or a physical woman. We're not talking right. about a cis, 
I want to make sure I'm using the right terms. We're not talking about a cis male or a cis female. We're talking about the energy, energy. of mm-hmm. an external energy and an internal energy, mm-hmm. an extroversion and an introversion. And these two things are really needed for balance um, in any human. And so there's like this oneness that happens. And I think that's where that empathy, Rumel, comes from that you're talking about with strangers on the street and the people in your family. But I think most importantly, it's the relationship with yourself mm-hmm. that changes. Mm-hmm. It's the way we talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's the removal of some of the limitations that we put on ourselves. Um, that's the power. And so when you all even say the thing like, oh yeah, and we have the medicine woman out there, that couldn't happen if the plant medicine didn't remove who I thought I was mm-hmm. and why I thought I was here on the earth and what right. I thought I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. The plant had to help me heal my own relationship with myself mm-hmm. in order to do the things. And so I think the end result of all of this is the plant medicine wants us to do why what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. We are not just here on this earth to accumulate wealth, drive a nice car, have a big house. That's not what we're freaking here for. Mm-hmm. That is a trick. As smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. And so I want both of you to kind of share a little bit, because it's kind of like an integration for us, right? Ceremony integration. And I think, Twanda, you said, the shaman mentioned, like, what changed? Mm -hmm. What changed for you? What have been some of the biggest changes that you don't mind sharing in your relationship with yourself specifically? Hmm. Well, I'll say I have to piggyback off of some of what Ramel said, mainly because for me, it was a little bit of a bigger jump to have as much empathy for others. I thought I was a nice person, but I knew that I had my limits, you know, I'm aware of that. (laughs) And um, being able, and my husband always talks about you know, people are doing the best that they can or something that you don't like about a person has something to do with yourself. And I was like, I don't get what you're talking about at all. And then after (laughs) having this experience, I can't tell you what one thing happened that made that shift. I know I came in with the intention. I knew that there was some forgiveness I needed to give. And when I say give, not just give for the sake of the person I wanted to forgive, but for my own sake. So I knew I, I came in with that intention. And I wanted to see people differently so I could behave differently or feel differently or understand and process differently. I came in with those intentions. And when I got out, I was like, I don't know what just happened, you know. And then I found out with time, I saw myself responding to people differently. And I was like, you know, that would have really pissed me off. Why am I not pissed off right now? You know, but there was a change in me that happened. And I would think it was gradual. Like I I realized over time, I was like, oh, it's actually easier to process the way I was thinking about why people were behaving the way they were and how it caused a reaction out of me just changed. You know, it, it, it shifted. And when I say that's when I said I won't be the same, that's part of the reason why. Because number one, I didn't even know that could happen. I didn't even ask for that. I wanted that, but I didn't know how to even ask, put the words up to get it. And it and it changed for me. And that in of itself, the, the change was amazing. And the fact that now I can believe in the change is a different thing. And that is amazing. I even experienced some things that happens in my body that I didn't even know could happen. It was like, I didn't know. I think I read somewhere now that 
something about your DNA can change within ayahuasca or there's something cellular level that changed in me. And I was like, I didn't even know that was possible. So the whole idea of getting out at leaving the ceremony and exploring what's inside of me um, changed, you know, it, it opened my eyes and made me feel like, Ooh, I want to do that again, you know, because I didn't know what it could do. I didn't, I had these expectations. I came out and said, oh, that didn't go the way I thought it was. And then other things happened for me. And it's like, wow, I, I appreciate that. It was a thank you. And what else do I need to learn at this point? Because I can see the difference and I kind of understand how this works. And I wanted to do it again. I, I experienced a difference in people. I experienced a difference in, in myself. And I got even better at the, the meditation that I wanted to do because talking to myself and going within meant so much more now having had the ceremony. So, so powerful. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that happened for me was the relationship with my husband changing. I did mention that. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I did not even realize the amount of resentment I had built up against my own husband because, you know, it's like what the reality is when you get to being married for 25 years is there are a lot of things that if you let them build up, it snowballs into this this bigger feel um, feeling of resentment and you don't you can't put your finger on it like he did this one big thing because he didn't you know mm-hmm. he's a he's a good guy who gets on my nerves at times and he sounds like a husband um he sounds like yeah. a husband right and I had built up a lot of resentment against him of um I won't say against because it sounds so bad but anyway I had built up this ball of resentment and when I came back it was like it had dissipated absolutely it had dissipated and so it allowed me to see him for who he is better Mm -hmm. um to give him a lot more grace Mm -hmm. to allow me to give myself grace um to it just it just changed the way and I that I related to him. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes I still, sometimes I still have to check myself. Okay. Cause okay. I, you know, I am human, but it just changed that. It just changed things for me that way. It changed the way that I talk to my kids. I talk to my kids pretty nicely. Okay. But um, I think I relate to them uh, more deeply Mm-hmm. Because it's not about nice. I think yeah. we, we keep using that word. It's not about nice. It's about how you literally are recognizing and interacting with someone. Right, right. And I, I just think that I started to relate to them on a deeper level, see them differently, um, see myself more in them. And then, I mean, like, so that's my husband, my kids, and then work. I do the same thing every day, right? And at the end of the month, sometimes I will get from one of my vendors, I get a report that says, you know, you did this many, um, this is how many company, um, independent vendors really liked what you did. And here's a number of clients that you worked with that really liked what you did. And I did not think that I was doing it differently, 
But I must have because my numbers <laughs> tripled. They right. didn't double, they tripled. Right. Mm. right. It, it's subtle changes. It's subtle yeah. changes. We, it's almost like we don't see it, but because of what's happening around us, it has to be happening. Yeah, it absolutely. It absolutely. I knew I knew when I saw those um, those numbers for the first time, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. The second time I was just like, ah, I get it. It's because mm-hmm. I'm different. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, different. This isn't yeah. a fluke. This isn't this something that happened. It's because I relate to people differently when I meet with them. It's just changed me altogether. It's amazing. I wanted to add how there's something that happened to me before the first ceremony that changed me after the ceremony. Uh, I There was a part in the, the first thing we did at ceremony, the first plant medicine we took was hape and that uh, Althea spoke to that as it being a tobacco blown into your nostrils. Before that happened, the medicine woman who was going to provide that medicine, she just had this knowing about me. And she said, you aren't saying your chakras. Are, she might not have said that, but the way I remembered it and I wrote it in my journal, she said, you know, your chakras are blocked. You know, you you have something you need to say, a truth that needs to be said, and you're holding it in and you need to let that out. So something like that. That's kind of how, how I, what I remembered from it. And this was right before she, she, she did the hape and what made me start cry, like my tears started running immediately. It's because I accidentally bumped into, uh, I was at some, some flea market or fair, it was somewhere and I ran into a shaman. She said she was a shaman. And at first, because at this point, I'm like, eh, shamans, what are they? Can I trust them? <laughs> and she said this thing about my throat chakra being blocked and I'm not saying what I need to say. And I'm like, I speak for a living. Like I talk all the time. I talk in front of a lot of people. But when, and so I remember thinking, okay, whatever, you know, but then when I heard it again, in the, right before the ceremony, it felt real. And it was like, oh, you blew it off the first time, but it's coming back to you in front of another shaman. Okay, <laughs> so pay attention. And I remember uh, right after she said that, and I made all the connections, and she um, uh, blew the hape in, in my nostrils. That is a very grounding experience. It feels like you're just being slammed into yourself. That's what it felt like to me. It was what they say in meditation. You're always supposed to, you know, drop into yourself, find yourself grounded. And I had trouble doing that, knowing what that felt like until Hoppe came into my life. And I, and it just allowed me, that was the thing I was thinking about and marinating over right as the Hoppe um, began to do its work. And I remember that because after that, I had the, I felt the permission to say mm. what was on my mind. I, I didn't want to be stuck. Mm. I didn't want my chakras that these other two people could see clearly. I wasn't <laughs> seeing for myself. So when the opportunity came up and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I was like, yes, you are. You're going to say it. And that was the way I integrated that part into my life. I started to say what I needed to say, the truth that I needed. I didn't want to hold it in. I didn't want to have those regrets. And mm-hmm. so I remember it causing me to speak out more. And there hadn't been any negative um, the reaction from that, it's, it's been okay to do that. So I'm, I'm glad I had that experience. So I could come up with more and more things. As I think about it, we have more and more scenarios yeah. that we could talk mm-hmm. over. I just don't think we have that much time. I know no, there's not enough time because the journeys, they feel like years worth of stuff happening in a five hour ceremony. Yes. 
Yeah. Or, um, you know, Rumel mentioned, uh, I felt like I was still in ceremony or still in the medicine three weeks afterwards Mm -hmm. because it's still doing what it's doing. And it's not it doing it. It's it releasing your inhibitions to do the things you probably needed to do. Mm -hmm. Like Twanda just said, to speak her mind when the opportunity arose, thinking before that there would have been repercussions, but seeing Mm -hmm. afterwards, no, these, they were things that were made up in our mind Mm -hmm. and we really do create our reality. Our yes. expectations create what happens. So if we start letting go of some of those fears and expectations, then we can create the reality that we actually desire mm-hmm. with our actions. I agree. I think um, one of the things also, I'll say this and I'm going to shut up. I wish you wouldn't since it's your podcast. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> I can say it all. But um, one of the things that came up for me after ceremony is I had a dream and Okay, so it's going to sound a little weird, but I dreamed about this eye, okay, looking at me. Mm-hmm. And it was just an eye and it was surrounded by flowers. Then I felt like the next day, I felt like I had to paint it. I had to paint it. Okay. <laughs> so to give you a little idea, like I didn't have any paint. I had like craft paint, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have a canvas. I didn't have like things that you needed to do to do this, but I felt I had to. And so I, I did, I got paints. I got, (laughs) I got, I got lots of paint. Um, I got, uh, I just found myself doing these things and creating art. I knew that a long time ago, art was very much a part of who I was, but I wasn't, I wasn't a painter out of all the things I did. I wasn't a painter. And here I am, I was painting all of a sudden, I was allowing myself to paint and to do express. it to express myself. And uh, and so now that's one of the things that I do now is when I want to be creative, I'm painting and I'm learning to paint. I don't know how to do all the techniques. And but here's the beautiful thing. Just hmm. yesterday, I bought one of your creations <laughs> from your Etsy store as a gift for someone because it looked exactly like her. It's a picture that you painted of a brown girl with Afro puffs in between this reality and the cosmos. And it was such a perfect depiction of this young lady that I bought bought it for. So, I mean, this is what I mean when I say in a short period of time, Mm -hmm. your whole life can change. So Rumel, if you Mm -hmm. want to say, how many months ago was it that you did this cer- your first ceremony. I would say Has it, it was, been five years. No, it was like <laughs> month. It was like what six months ago? Six, okay. So I want you to ago, just stop right there. I want you to yeah. stop right there. How many people can think of something that they weren't even imagining, dreaming? It was nowhere <laughs> even in their scope of of something to think about doing. Right. And six months later, not only have they done it, expressed it, but they've turned it into a business and other people are somehow benefiting from that gift. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's what this medicine does. It that's is. the point that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. I said it in the last episode and I have to say it again now, time does not exist when it comes to the medicine. We have to let go of some of the restrictions that we have around, oh, it will take a long time. I'm making air quotes for those who can't see me. It'll take a long time to do that. Or, 
Oh, I don't know how. Oh, I have to go to class. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to get a certification. Oh, I have to. In ayahuasca last November in Peru, I was sitting in ceremony with another shaman. And it was seven days, six days, six days of ayahuasca. And I was ingesting a lot wow. of it. And on the fifth day, fifth or sixth day, the plant showed me an image of me on my knees serving someone ayahuasca. And I remember sitting up in the medicine, like, oh no, I'm not. <laughs> like people, the people around me were like, huh, what? Cause they were in medicine and they're like, Althea's yelling out. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, and, and the reason that I didn't want to, is I felt that there's too much um, requirement that like, I'd have to go sit in the jungle for a year with plant medicine, elder women to learn the plant and to do this. And I was like, my life is not set up like that. I can't just leave everything and go live in the jungle. And then I didn't want to be responsible. Like, oh my God, this is so big ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. I can't be responsible for serving this to someone. Suppose like it just goes wrong. And the plant didn't say anything to me. <laughs> it simply led Rumel to just mysteriously out of the blue, send me a link for Cornell University's medicinal plant class. It just out of the blue, the out very blue. next month, it wasn't even a full four weeks later. It was two and a half weeks later. After that ceremony, the shaman I work with called me and said, hey, mama, would you like to come serve with me? In so and so location, I was like, uh, "Am I qualified for that?" Yes, I feel like you're ready. Oh, okay. So, like, you know, three weeks later, here I am. Hey, grandmother, I you know. Oh my gosh! And less than a year later, I was in Peru on my knees, pouring ayahuasca into a cup, measuring it for someone, and smiling praying over it and handing it to somebody. It wasn't even a year. Mm -hmm. Wow. People have to get away from the concept of what they can and can't do in time because it does not exist. Rumel is out here painting portraits, you all painting freaking portraits and selling it on bags and on canvases and on pillowcases. Amazing. <laughs> yes. I bought the world. same one out there. I didn't know you bought that one. I bought, I bought that the little too. bag. I bought I the little too. bag for, for um, my friend's daughter because it's her. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yes. It's her. How did you know how to draw her, Ramel? I, you know what though? I didn't know how to draw her, but um, I sat down. It was. It, it wasn't. I just. I gave myself permission to learn. That's it. And I just sat down and I started drawing different versions of her. And I got to one. And my my youngest daughter, who is an artist, she goes, "Oh, mom, that's Slay." And that's <laughs> it. And I was like, "Okay." And so then if I just your tried. child ever uses the word "slay" in relation <laughs> to you in a positive way, that's how you let know. that be affirmation <laughs> from the human world that you should move forward in whatever endeavor, outfit, <laughs> hairstyle, anything that you have done. Move she forward. Is, with that she thing. is my barometer. She lets yes. me know whether what it's supposed to do. So, but it didn't. It, the 
none of what I do right now um, ends up the way I think it's going to, you know, from the beginning, it just mm. evolves. And so, um, you know, she's, I, she's huh? such the artist. She's such the mm-hmm. artist. But really? I'm, I'm loving it. I'm and loving it. designs at that. It's not like it's just a, a little fancy. It's like they're really beautiful designs that mm. bring sunlight to you. Like there's one that Rumel has that's like the sun and it, it starts from one point, but then it's like rays coming mm-hmm. out to the edges mm-hmm. of the canvas and you feel warm. Mm-hmm. You look mm-hmm. at it, it's freezing cold outside, it's winter, but you feel warmth. And that's when you know that your art is touching other people yes. and it's what you're yeah. supposed to be doing. Yay. Thank you. I no, thank you. Thank you, you medicine. I thank you. No, I mean I grandmother. Think... <laughs> grandmother. Yeah. That was right for you, girl. Mm-hmm. I have been one I mean, that was what I I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid. But you know, when you're a kid, they tell you, Oh, you can't you're starving. Artist, you can't do that. And so I just never pursued it. And so now I've I've given myself permission to pursue it. I think that's such a powerful phrase. It's your second time saying it. I gave myself permission. I give myself permission. Because again, we're the only ones limiting us. Yeah. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. I could talk to y'all forever. It's yeah, um, we could. Yeah. We could. I, it's magical. I, I want to say before mm-hmm. you all end this, thank you, Twanda. For trusting me um, because I think we journey together first. Yes. I think that's how mm-hmm. it went. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying, come on, Ramel, stop playing. I and did. Thank you, Ramel, <laughs> mm-hmm. for trusting me to be a part of your ceremony. Thank you both for helping me with realizing what the plant showed me, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I'm supposed to do along with many other medicine people and shamans mm-hmm. or whatever name you want to give them, spiritual guides and, um, you know, people that are just holding the different medicines in a really sacred way and a reverent way. I appreciate you for being a part of my journey and helping me to continue growing in the light. Oh. I love it. Well, we appreciate you. I mean, so we, we always say it. We, we think you're just a magical person and we're lucky to to be in this circle with yeah, you. I'm glad to have you and to be able to share you with our listeners. Uh, I, I, I want, too. I couldn't have said it as eloquently as you, and I wanted mm-hmm. them to hear what you had to say. So I'm so glad to be able to offer that to our world. And before we go, um, Althea, I know that your work takes you to beautiful places like Peru mm-hmm. to um, serve medicine. And so I know that you have a, yeah, you have a retreat coming up. It, would you like to take a moment to oh, tell thank people? Thank you so that? much for that. Yeah, yeah. this is open. Um, anyone can apply for the retreat. It is June 25th through July 2nd in Peru, in the rainforest of Peru. Um, at a really beautiful retreat center on the edge of the Wayaga River, which is a tributary of the Amazon. It's right on the edge of the jungle in a natural rainforest, uh, rainfall, or excuse me, waterfall. Mm-hmm. And so as you're journeying in what's called a maloka, a maloka is a traditional covered enclosed space mm-hmm. um, where ceremonies are held for plant medicine. 
And so you hear the waterfall, you hear the river, mm. you hear the night animals, the nocturnal frogs and cicadas, and it just creates some of the musical backdrop, um, just a beautiful location. And anyone can apply to attend. The reason we say apply is you heard me mention before, we have to do the medical screenings right. and just to make sure that, you know, people are viable candidates. Um, and I'd love for people to come and sit with us and see this magic, feel this magic, experience this magic for themselves. It's an eight day trip, but it is only three nights of medicine. And a lot of the medicine is just being in the jungle. Yeah. So join us in Peru this June. That's right. Yes. And if you haven't followed her on TikTok and Instagram, <laughs> you're missing out. You are missing out because she just pops in and tells you just random things that are like perfect for your life. So you definitely need to do that. And it's just my full name at all my handles, Althea Lawton Thompson. Awesome. We'll make sure to put it in the show notes. So if anybody yeah. gets confused, they can find you right away. Absolutely. And is also for the Peru retreat. It's just Althea retreats or my full name, Althea Lawton Thompson.com. Perfect. Oh, I almost hate to say goodbye. But I know. It's just I, that want I know. Get the, get the color purple, purple hand clap. Yeah. It's like, no, we have to go. Mm, All right. Well, <laughs> well, we want to just thank our listeners. If you made it this far, Hopefully you've learned something about plant medicine. I hope you gained something from our journeys and guaranteed your journey when you take it will be different, but it will be impactful. We hope and wish this for you if this is something that calls you. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Thank you, Althea, Twanda. Girl, you know you my girl. Thanks so much for being here. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time peace, peace and, and blessings. blessings thanks for joining us today don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast you can also find us on facebook twitter and instagram at girl podcast that's girl with three r's and if you want to participate in our segment ask your girlfriends email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com that's girl with three r's <laughs> so until next time peace, peace and, and blessings, blessings.